Welcome to the Payments Podium Podcast, hosted by the payments professor himself, Kevin Olson. This podcast discusses the past, present, and the possibilities of the payments industry. Here's the show. Hey, everybody. It's Payments Professor here, and welcome to the Payments Podium. Today on the Payments Podium, I'm going to have Joe Proto. Now, as you know, on the podium, what we do is we allow somebody to be able to take the podium, and we talk to them about their views on payments, and we talk to them about their career in payments. We focus on the past, the present, and the possibilities. Now, with me today, again, is Joe Proto. Joe has had an extensive career in the industry. In fact, I've heard him describe himself, and I've even heard other people describe him as a serial entrepreneur. He's done many things in this industry. And Joe, on the payments podium, we, again, we really focus in three areas, the past, the present, and the possibilities. And instead of giving a long intro, that's where we start with the past. Where did you get your start in payments? Wow, Kevin, I am so glad to be here with you today and in Manhattan. And I'm so glad that you did not introduce me as the grandfather of payments, which is something that I'm trying to avoid. But I guess after 37 years in the industry, I sometimes uh, hear that uh, as well. Look, um, I've been really fortunate to be an entrepreneur in the payment space, but it doesn't matter about the last 37 years. It's about the future. There's never been a more exciting time. I'm going to quote Ajay Banga, what I consider to be one of the great CEOs of our generation uh, at MasterCard, who says, It's not about what keeps me up at night, it's about what gets me up in the morning. I mean, payments are a great time for the next generation of people coming into the workforce. They're already bringing a digital, mobile-first experience. They want simple. They want secure, but they're willing to give up a certain amount of data and privacy in order to get convenience. And then they're taking that from their personal life into their business careers, and they're going, If I can do all this in a digital mobile way, that's simple, that's an Uber-like single button experience, why can't I do that at work? And so the possibility exists, I think, for the greatest transformation in the history of payments. Not incremental, Mm -hmm. but truly a paradigm shift. I agree. And in fact, we see right now what's happening tremendously in digital payments. What was really your first step into digital payments? Look, first you have to start with paper. You know, it's easy for us to talk about uh, driverless cars that are electric today. Well, wait, you know, Henry Ford didn't start there, right? So you have to go back to when the world was full of checks, Mm -hmm. both businesses as well as consumers especially in North America. This is America has, you know, a tremendous amount of financial institutions. I do sometimes argue with people when they compare us against Scandinavian countries or let's pick Iceland. Let me pick a country like Iceland because my wife and I love it there. We've been there a couple of times now. There are 330,000 people in the entire country. You go there, Kevin, you will not see a Krona. Great. Come to New York. My wife and I have 330,000 residents just in Chelsea in a 10-block square area. So when we talk about comparing America payment systems to other parts of the world, you really need to level set and realize that we're talking about 11,000 financial institutions, um, 120 million households, and a society in which we adopt new payment channels, we never retire the old ones. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, was, I was asked to speak at a conference on the death of cash 
in the Lower East Side, and the Lower East Side is a really young part of town. I walk into the room, there's about 150 people, and I look around, I go, oh my gosh, the audience is very, very young. I go to take the stage, and I realize why I've been invited. Everyone on the panel is much younger than me, maybe half my age. The um, moderator introduces everyone, gets to me, calls me the grandfather of payments. Um, I tried to change it to godfather, but it was too late. And the first question he asks is, when will we see the death of cash in America? The young woman goes three years, the young guy goes uh, five years, the next young woman goes three to five. I answer and go, well, I don't think we'll see the death of cash in America in my lifetime. To which the snarky moderator said, well, Joe, like we said, three to five years. So it is, <laughs> it's, it's really ironic today to see that we now have politicians in cities passing laws that say it's illegal for stores to not accept cash. So this is what I mean by we accept more payment types in America, but we never retire old ones. So you have to go back to paper. We were cash and checks, and that's what the economy uh, lived on, and that's what bill pay lived on. Whether you stood behind somebody at a cashier uh, and somebody wrote out a check, uh, to pay for their groceries, or whether people paid for bills through the mail for almost everything in bill payment. Today, we have gotten rid of many of the consumer checks. However, business checks are still prolific. And we're gonna talk about that because I think B2B is the last frontier, Kevin, that we need to tackle. But going back to my background, so my first company, um, we had 65 of the top 100 banks in North America. Um, we were the largest payments company of our kind. Um, we had 16 sites. Everything was very paper driven and we opened up a lot of mail. Um, we had about 2,200 people. My and you mean physical mail, not physical email, mail, so that our, our listeners this, understand, yes. This was before AOL dinged and said, you have mail. Um, imagine that's how uh, the economy operated. Mm -hmm. You got a bill in the mail for your utilities, for your mortgage, for your card, for your insurance, and that's how you paid it. Everything paid by check. Almost virtually everything, and what wasn't paid by check was paid by cash. So we, are, we were paper, we were molecules. My next business, uh, I sold that to Core States, one of the oldest banks in America, which is now part of Wells Fargo. But then I went and built a second company, sold that to First Data. Now, of course, First Data is in the news all the time now because of the Pfizer acquisition, uh, one of the largest uh, multi-billion dollar acquisitions in the history of the industry. And for the people who've owned First Data stock, um, they're quite happy. Mm -hmm. um, I stayed with First Data for seven years. We were the largest payments company of its kind. Um, we processed a billion mail-based payments a year. A billion is a lot when you're talking about uh, 15, 16 bill, billion bills uh, being paid by check in, the, in those days. We had the, even though it was so fragmented, we had the largest market share. I stayed for seven years until private equity came in uh, to buy out first data. And then I started um, Transactus. By the way, at, at Remitco, my second company, we had about half the number of people because we took the payments in the mail, we truncated the check. 
So we literally shredded the check at the end of the And transport. truncated, because some people don't understand that term. We would, you, would you explain? We literally took the check in the mail, opened up the envelope, uh, imaged it, and then destroyed it at the end of the transport. Okay, and what year was that? This was in uh, about 2001, 2002, right after Y2K. And but right before Check 21 was legal. Right before, because we were using ARC, and we were taking that check information. We would store it for a while, and then we'd shred it, and then we stopped storing it all together because the image sufficed legally. These are the kind of things I think, as the payment professor, uh, have value mm -hmm. looking back mm -hmm. because you can see now where the industry is going to go. When I created Transactus, I stopped touching molecules. So 12 years ago, the vision I had was where the payments industry was going to move to was going to be entirely electronic. No more molecules. I abandoned everything I did before. I went to my friends at the banks and I said, I believe the future of bill pay is going to be electronic. Consumers are going to abandon their checkbook. They're going to want to pay electronically. And we need to be in position as banks and technology providers to do this together to serve the changing marketplace. Um, and that's how Transactus was born. Okay, I like that. Now, I do want to ask you this because, you know, one of the things I think is great is you said we're in Manhattan and you showed me the great view of the Freedom Towers. And I know a lot of people think that Check 21 was because of September 11th. Yeah, it really wasn't. It was just something that had already been in place because you even said after Y2K, you obviously before September 11th, even around the Y2K, had that in your plan, had already had that vision. And then you took the vision into everything's going to go electronic. But let me be a little bit of a disruptor here. We know that consumers are getting rid of their checks. We know consumers love doing electronic payments. I've even told stories of how I used to sit down once a month at my kitchen table, get all the bills out, get the checkbook out, get an old fashioned ledger out. The kids knew run away till dad was done because it was an unpleasant time and fill out my bills. Now it's done in seconds. But we still see businesses doing exactly that. I, I'm here right now at a New York cash exchange and talking with accountants that are like, don't take my checks away. For my business to business payments, they still want their checks. What can we do about that? I think you're hitting on one of the great challenges that we're facing in payments. And look, uh, for any of the accountants who are listening, I don't mean to offend, but there's a little bit of hypocrisy. Everyone in, in the financial department of a business wants to be paid fast. They want to have it reconciled. They really want to be paid electronically. But they want to pay their company's bills through a paper check where they can control the outbound uh, uh, payment. And so it's a really interesting dichotomy where the CFOs and the accounts payables and accounts receivables departments kind of have one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat. They love being paid fast, but they love being able to control the outbound payment. Uh, you know, the uh, one of the largest utilities in the world, um, in Manhattan, located in Manhattan here, the uh, person responsible for receivables says, I would rather have a check where I can apply the payment easily than an electronic payment 
that I don't know who to apply it to. So you have to remember that a big reason why we haven't gotten rid of checks for businesses is the data. So if you send an electronic payment to make a business payment and you're paying for a thousand apartments in New York for the utilities, how does the utility apply it if you don't have a list of all those apartments? So an electronic payment without the data is actually worse than it would be to have a check with a list that can be scanned um, and applied. So what we, what we have missed for businesses is mm -hmm. the integration of the data and dollars. We need straight through processing. From the time the bill goes out to the time the payment goes in, once we solve straight through processing, we will have figured out how to truly um, automate and eliminate the paper that is in the business to business world today. Okay, and let me bring out a couple things because here we are. We, we talked a lot about the past, and we're talking about things that are now more in the present. And one of the things that I see NACHA doing, which NACHA is really big in electronic payments. Some will argue they may not be that fast, depending on if it's next day ACH or same day ACH. I think same day ACH is a fast solution. The next day ACH, though, has its uses. And they've come out with a validation tool that is to be able to assist businesses in making sure that they get their addenda record information correct. I think that's a great move for them, but it doesn't solve the problem if people won't use it, if people won't let go of that check. And you're right on that data, I fully agree. And you'd mentioned other countries in comparisons. Well, I do want to compare one. And I would look at the UK, because you may be familiar, my son Liam and I, once a month we do the fun with faster payments flags, you can go find them on the website. And we just did one on Australia. And I'm bringing up UK, because I'm going to bring up Australia as well. The UK has PayM. Australia has pay ID and these are open databases where consumers go out and register their information to make it easier for businesses to be able to reconcile their payments. In fact, in the UK, the housing authorities are highly involved in that so that they can go all electronic. Do you think we'll ever see something like that here in the US? I, I'm sure we will. It's a question of when and how and who will help bring that about. So. It's public knowledge. Uh, as you know, Transactus was acquired by MasterCard mm -hmm. literally two weeks ago. And congratulations. Thank you so much. We're so proud of that. The team has built a real successful powerhouse in um, the bill payment world. And MasterCard sees a world beyond cash, a world beyond paper, um, not just card, but also moving money and data with payment information. So we love the fact that we're part of the big MasterCard world. 210 countries. So we plan on international expansion. With UK and Australia in particular, there are fewer banks. There are also government mandates. In America, we've got a lot of banks and credit unions. We don't like the government telling us what to do. So when we compare ourselves even to other um, systems like Australia and the UK, we see that faster payments have been adopted. Why? because um, the government has a more active role mm -hmm. and because there are fewer banks and because consumers are, are really beyond paper already. They're used to having their accounts debited by their bank. They've signed up for it, even in Canada. It's become a way of life. In America, we like control, consumers and businesses. Are we really going to allow our utility, our insurance company, our credit card company, um, uh, our um, property manager 
to deduct money directly from our account without us initiating it. When we get to the point, I believe we need the, the, the solution, Kevin, and um, I think Uber gives us a real roadmap. Whether you love Uber or hate it, um, you're able to track everything that happens in the Uber experience. They made the payment invisible. You can rate your experience and you can even provide a tip to, to your driver. Wow, you give, you've given the entire dashboard of control to the customer. When we figure out how to do that, whether it's um, next day, same day, or real-time ACH, or whether it's the use of credit and debit cards in bill pay, which consumers want and billers are adopting more and more, we will then have a really powerful, ubiquitous, um, in-control experience for the customer. And you'll be able to track and know when you're gonna get credit. Why can't we get rid of the bill in the mail? Because people want a reminder. They don't always know exactly what they owe when because we're inundated with emails. So we have we continue to kill trees to generate bill statements and invoices, to send them through the mail, to sit in a pile that we then throw into recycling. Let's get rid of the outbound bill. Let's make the entire 360 degree experience electronic for both businesses and consumers. And then we will have figured out how to go completely um, digital. You know, I, I like a lot of the things you just said right there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's a talk that the payments professor does that's called, there's a place for every payment, every payment has its place. And it goes through the different channels that are out there and where they're still relevant. Because like you said, they're not gonna go away. Cash is not gonna go away. I don't believe it will, not in my lifetime. Checks, they're gonna have a long fight too. But every payment has its place and the Uber economy, that so-called gig economy, is a solution I agree with entirely. And also when you said the bill and the email, I, to be able to know that I'm getting notifications correctly, have an email address just for financial purposes. And I found it to be incredibly effective. So is there any way Maybe as we start looking to future possibilities of where payments is going, because I definitely want to hear where you, what you're thinking. I do believe we're going to see more open databases, and I think it's going to be something like an Uber experience, where it's not just driving, it's also food. Payment is behind the background. And I see mixing it in where it is a notification. Now, we got to be careful of notifications because we know about the phishing scams. We've told people don't trust your SMS text messages. So where is that balance to where we get the app that is seamless, that we get the notification that either it's email or people are more educated to know to have like just a dedicated financial email or that text message. Where is that blend in for this new, I think it's the real time payments or real time instant type of payment that is gonna take over. So I would bet heavily on, and pick the bot of your choice, voice. Mm -hmm. The payments professor is going to wake up in the near future. And whether it's Siri or Alexa or Erica or whomever you design and, and choose for your lifestyle, say, good morning, Kevin. I see you slept for seven hours and 22 minutes. By the way, the um, homeowner's insurance is due today. Uh, I checked two other carriers and I can save $80 a year uh, for the same coverage. Would you like me to pay our current insurance company, or would you like me to make the switch? 
by the way, don't forget your umbrella. It's going to rain at 2.30 today. I really think we're moving to where we're going to be willing to give up a certain amount of our privacy mm-hmm. to get convenience and control. And that kind of world where automation is doing this for us so we won't have to worry, did we miss the bill? Did we miss the email? Our um, automated world is going to be um, put in charge, directed by us to help us manage our finances. Oh, and by the way, um, XYZ company is going public tomorrow. I'm watching it. If there are some shares available at that price, would you like me to buy some? We're going to see our wealth management and investment lives, our insurance world, our bill payment, and our money management really become very automated. We're also going to see that happen in shopping. Mm-hmm. My wife wants that new black dress, but she doesn't have time to go out and shop for it for the wedding that we're going to next week. And she's going to have uh, the ability to voice shop to find her exactly what she's looking for, which will be presented to her in a digital format on her mobile, where she's going to pick three of those items to get shipped. She's going to try them on and send the other two back. I really think that we're moving to an amazing amount of automation that will be voice driven in the future. Joe, I couldn't agree more. In fact, one of the first videos of the year I put out there was the predictions of 2009, nine for 19, and voice was high on there. And I have shared in many of the videos the faster payment options that are out there. I did one where Google does voice payments, and I talked to my Alexa during the video. Because I am one that I get up and Alexa tells me a lot of these things, but right now it's manual. I have to tell Alexa, hey, remind me to do this at this time. And I love having that. In fact, another thing that I'm really promoting because I agree with you, can agree with you even more, is I'm doing a session right now on faster payments fraud and how I really don't believe in any way, shape or form that faster payments will equal more fraud or faster fraud. But I do talk about voice and the security that's in there. I'm a believer that your voice is actually gonna have more security than a username and password. What what are your thoughts on that, on the security behind voice? Because I think that's the other concern is, where's my data stored and how's it accessed? And if it's accessed through my voice, well, can't somebody like, you know, we're recording this session, can't somebody just sit there and and do something like that? I'm with you. Uh, Look, fraud will always be with us. This podcast is brought to you by the VSoft Corporation. VSoft offers core processing, digital banking, and payment processing solutions for financial institutions of all sizes. Follow us on Twitter at VSoft underscore corp and online at vsoftcorp.com. Okay, back to the show. But we are talking about voice and when it comes to voice, that's going to be the future. And I completely agree with you. I did a prediction earlier this year, nine, the top nine of 19, what we're going to see. And voice is definitely leading the way. Uh, done many videos on the different faster payment options that are out there, which there are a plethora of them out there. Google Pay is one that allows you to be able to pay by voice. And during the video, I actually talked to my Alexa. Unfortunately, she let me down at the time. <laughs> but I am a big fan of Alexa. 
I do the wake up every morning to, you know, say, hey, Alexa, good morning. Get the, you know, top tip of the day type deal. I did it for the weather as I was coming here to New York, you know, day before. What's the weather forecast going to be like for New York City? So I know how to dress appropriately. And I do get reminders from Alexa. But those reminders are because I set them. I tell Alexa, hey, I want to be notified of this. I do believe that we are going to see in the future where, like you were talking about, Alexa is going to be more proactive to let you know. It's almost like the Amazon shopping cart. Hey, you bought this. You probably would want to buy this, too. I think the same thing is going to happen with our finances, as you were saying or alluding to. But I do know one of the concerns, because I do a, a speech right now on faster payments and the risk and security in faster payments. And I am telling people all around the country, I in no way believe that faster payments equals higher risk, nor does it equal faster fraud, because all the fraud takes place before the payment ever happens. However, when it comes to voice, that's where we're concerned. We got the concern of the data. Where's the data going to be? How's it accessed? Who controls it? But we also have the security, which we all know the end user doesn't really care about, but some do. Is there going to be security in a voice payment? Well, so I'm going to show my age and I'm going to show my bias uh, towards banks. I trust my bank with my money and my data, mm -hmm. and I know they're not going to sell it so that I get advertised to. I also trust them for the highest levels of security. Now, I think that we're going to see banks emerge in a very automated way to give us convenience and safety and security. Mm -hmm. I am not in favor uh, personally. Uh, I would never give out my bank credentials, my username and password to me uh, for my financial uh, life is something that I'm not willing to share um, outside of my bank. Now, many consumers are not worried about that, uh, and I'm sure there are you know lots of reasons why it's beneficial to them. But whether it's a a bank or technology companies working with banks who can access um, our financial accounts, I think we're going to see higher and higher levels of security. Mm -hmm. Fraud will always be with us. The bad guys are always looking for points of vulnerability. Technology is getting stronger and smarter itself. Artificial intelligence is able to detect fraud in ways that determine to find what is unusual about our habits as consumers in ways that couldn't be done before. So I say that it will be uh, a race. Um, automation will continue. Voice will be a driver. Fraud will be a risk, but it'll be mitigated because of technology like artificial intelligence. And I think we'll see that balance of convenience and security that will be very beneficial, not just to consumers, Kevin, but to businesses, because businesses then will be able to relate to their customers, whether they're another business or a consumer, in ways that are very automated. They'll be able to give their customers choice. That's what we all want. We want it in our personal life, and we want it in our professional life. And the competitive advantage in the payment financial technology world is going to be managing that choice for customers. And I have to completely agree. In fact, I would point out that in every change we've ever made in our payment systems, whether it's introducing new technology or as we've introduced new payment systems, there's always a case where the fraudsters take advantage of it. And it's because we don't know and we've got to learn it. But we can also look back and see how we quickly adopted 
Same things happening in other countries that have gone to faster payments. They quickly adopted. And I'd have to add, when it comes to consumers, there's going to be Reg E protection. And Regulation E is so powerful for them. I, I think in addition to the regulations, this new generation coming into the workforce, they grew up with a, a mobile device, you know, from the time they were toddlers. So they are truly uh, so proficient at mobile and digital worlds. They are going to bring that to their workforce. A, a, a president of a major top 10 bank, I won't name him, said to me recently, Joe, when we bring in young graduates and talk to them about joining the bank, they're interested but not excited. But when I talk about what we're doing in payments, they are jazzed. When you look at how interesting payments are and how many, uh, where it touches us in our lives, both from a business and a personal standpoint, this next generation uh, is really going to drive fintech for the future. I, I got to agree. And the way they're growing up with it, my son Liam recently wanted me to make a change to a picture for a video we were editing on my computer. And he came up to my computer and he actually started touching the screen, wanting to drag and drop everything. <laughs> and when it didn't work that way, he was frustrated. He's like, you just figure it out. <laughs> and to me, that exemplified that how this younger generation is, it's either going to work the way I want it to be or it's your problem to have to solve. My, now, my, my nephew, recent graduate of college, came to live with my wife and me in Manhattan for his first year after graduating. And for some reason, he had to send a check in the mail. And so, of course, he came to my wife. He needed an envelope. He needed a check. He needed her to teach him how to write it out. He says, but I got it. I figured it out. He goes and puts the um, check in the envelope and he goes, now, where do I get a stamp? Like, <laughs> do I have to order that online? And so we really have a world that has changed dramatically. And I think for the better, it's going to be one in which we're going to see change that we can't even predict yet, Kevin, over the next 10 years. I like that change that we can't even predict. I'm going to have to quote you on that one. And you mentioned the quote. It's not what keeps me up at night. It's about what gets me up in the morning. And as we're closing out here and we talk about the future really of payments, what is it that's getting you up in the morning for payments right now? So I, I think my role now um, in the end of my career is to help bring the younger generation to get them excited about payments, to get them thinking about not where we are, but where we're going to be in the next three, five, 10 years from now where artificial intelligence, virtual reality, voice, all becomes a part of our personal and business lives. I have to agree and couldn't agree more. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to The Payments Podium with the Payments Professor. Thank you for listening to The Payments Podium Podcast. Check back every Thursday for a conversation with The Payments Professor. This podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Olson and edited by Sam Sue Smith. See you on Thursday.